Mom, I'm doing Frog Pod. Welcome to another episode of the Frog Pod. Ladies and gentlemen, you can hear the excitement in my voice. This is a very special edition of the Frog Pod. Mr. Taylor is back. We're, the duo is back. Today's a huge day. This was supposed to be this, the recap of the last 22-23 athletic calendar year, but news broke today. Major news broke. Pete Thamel broke earlier this afternoon that Colorado is in discussions with the Big 12 and is planning on submitting an application to join the conference in 2024. Mr. Taylor, this has been the news that Big 12 fans have been waiting on for quite some time. This is the solidification that the Big 12 is going to be a power conference going forward. Yeah, I mean, and that's the main story here. The story here is the Big 12. It isn't a matter of fact of Colorado looking like it's go- they're going to join the Big 12. It's the fact that the Big 12 is going to be this third best conference in terms of the teams that it has as their member institutions, it looks like, as of at the earliest, maybe tomorrow afternoon on Thursday. So it's a really special moment for the league and especially for TCU. When you think about in the late 90s, TCU was in a position where they were left out of these conversations. They were put in the WAC conference for a matter of years and then had to shuffle their way through mid-major leagues before they were able to find a permanent landing spot in 2012 when the Big 12 came calling. The script is flipped. We're on the offensive and in the league that's looking to actually be the forward thinking and the one that's moving towards a perennial, just premier spot. Alan, people have said, why should I care if my school is involved in this, if I'm not a big 12 score university of Colorado fan. Well, first of all, this is just a domino. Like you said, this isn't Colorado going to the big 12 story. This is a big 12 story. That's starting with Colorado because there's going to be more dominoes. We both have read on Twitter and we both have confirmed with sources that there is more to come here. This is not just a one. This is not the only team that's coming apart here. This is going to be, a domino effect that could include teams like Arizona that could include potentially Oregon and Washington. Every single PAC 12 school has reached out to the big 12 today in the last five, six hours, except for Cal and Stanford. This is the solidification now and that Brett Yormark's vision is coming to fruition. Brett Yormark said the Big 12 is open for business. He just talked about how he wants to expand into all four time zones, and he's one away, and I believe he's going to get that last one. Who that is, I don't know, but this is what it is, and this is a conference that is going to have a seat at the table. In terms of stability, we know the SEC and the Big 10 have their mega deals, and the Big 12 is not going to touch them from a financial standpoint, but from an innovation standpoint and ability to – have a say at the table. The Big 12 is there. You can say that there's no brands, quote unquote, here in this conference, but there are very valuable schools in the footprint of college athletics that have to have a seat at the table that belong to the Big 12 conference. 
Yeah, and Colorado is frankly one of them. Colorado, for most people, they were a founding institution in the old Big Eight back before the Big 12 even merged with the Southwest Conference way back in the day. So they have some history with the league for sure. They actually won the conference championship game back in 2001. And as we said, it's probably going to lead to a domino effect. When you talk about Colorado, they're the first of the four corner schools, them being Utah and the two Arizona schools, Arizona, Arizona State, that are hypothetically going to be joining the league. Oregon and Washington from the Pacific Northwest and their state schools are also going to be in the conversation here in the coming days. And you just have to commend Brett Yormark. And more than that, you have to commend Bob Bowles because people don't talk about how he kept the league afloat when it seemed like every single year the rumor was always, is this going to be the year the Big 12 ends up dying? Well, the Big 12 isn't dying. In fact, the Big 12 is in a better position now than every league except the SEC and the Big 10. Yes, Alan, for the past plenty of years, especially when Texas and OU announced their departure for the SEC, the Big 12 was frowned upon. People said that it was going to be a group of five conference, that there was no one in there worth having. The Pac-12 had its opportunity to kill the Big 12. If this was a boxing match and this was a 12-round fight, the Big 12 was going into round nine bloodied up and bruised and had nothing to go for. But now the Big 12 is fighting it back in the final round. Because let me tell you, Alan, this time next year, the match is over. And who who's left standing? It looks like it's going to be the Big 12. And Pac-12 fans were so condescending and talked down on the Big 12 because of the location uh, of some of the institutions and also the religious affiliation. Let's remember, the reason why TCU and Baylor didn't get asked to be in the Pac-12 was because schools like Cal and Stanford didn't want to be associated with Southern Christian schools. Now, if you don't know the uh, demographical makeup of Cal and Stanford, they're literally quite the opposite of TCU and Baylor. So their ignorance and their unwillingness to adapt and accept other people, ironically enough, is the reason why this conference might be dead. Now, with that being said, Cal and Stanford could very well end up getting an invite to the Big Ten due to USC and UCLA needing A, easy wins, and B, uh, shorter travel for their games. Because that's it's going to be an issue. when Going from Pasadena to Piscataway is, is a very far trip, and it can be very taxing on athletes, not just in football, but in all sports. So while this might end up still having some sort of landing point for those two schools, let's remember that this league, the Pac-12's arrogance – and lack of respect for solid institutions led them to where they are today. Yeah, and let's talk about the Big Ten for a second on that point as well. When you talk about how the big rumor the entire time has been that Oregon and Washington are just waiting to get a bid from the Big Ten as the two best schools left from the Pac-12, or the two most successful in recent history, I guess I should say. That's likely. In my mind, yes, the end goal for those two schools is they're going to be at the Big Ten. I don't think Cal and Stanford are going to be that. I actually saw a Big Ten report that said that they're waiting for the ACC to make their final decision before they proceed at all. So there might be a situation where those two schools, Oregon and Washington, end up needing a temporary home. And would, do you think they would choose to be in a Pac-12 that would probably have to add a Fresno State, an SMU? In a Boise State, or would they rather get, you know, a temporary home in the Big 12 where you're going to be playing against perennial, really playoff contending teams, which is going to be a very different conversation that we have when we talk about those schools versus the four corners. 
I, I couldn't agree more with you, Alan. And here, here's my thing is that, and we said this in the pre-production meeting, if I'm Brett Yormark, you're telling Oregon and Washington, come on down. And if you guys ever get that Big Ten invite, we won't charge you a buyout fee or anything heavy like that. I, I'm all for it. That That's my thing here. Uh, but here's what I think gets interesting. This is a domino effect. Let's say only one more school comes across. There's eight teams left in the Pac-12. So they backfill with the SMU, San Diego State, whatever like that. Now the conversation turns to the playoff committee because the Pac-12 gets an automatic bid for your conference champion winner. Are we really going to have this discussion every year where there's five quote unquote P five conference champions and only four get a buy? Because frankly, how I see it now is that if you keep this current system the way you have it, the PAC 12 champion can never get that buy. They just can't because I'm assuming it's either going to be Oregon or Washington who get that and their win just will not be there. And from as far as I know, they're out of conference schedules coming up, just aren't going to be able to bolster to make up for the fact that half of your conference slate is against teams like Cal, Stanford, and SMU. So now this is a this is an issue that not only impacts Big 12, Pac-12, this impacts the whole entire college football playoff, which is already going to make its own changes starting next season. And, I mean, when you talk about next season, that's when all this is actually happening. The Pac-12 schools, it is rumored to say that Colorado is joining – Next year, correct. At this time next year, Colorado will be slated with a full Big 12 schedule, and likely there will be at least one other team joining. This is a situation that's not going to be something that takes a few years to discuss. And you know, you have a July 1st date a year away where you start, you know, transitioning. That's not happening here. This is going to be a very quick, quick process with these schools starting to immigrate into our league. And I, you know, it's just a really exciting time that you know is. Very promising for all TCU fans. I actually, we, we've said this before, this show is going to be evolving heavily. We have a source that has said that they are getting reports that San Diego State, SMU, UNLV, and Colorado State have already been contacted by the Pac-12 commissioner and have been put on standby mode. That is where the Pac-12 is going here. They are going with San Diego State, Southern Methodist, the University of Nevada at Las Vegas and Colorado State. Alan, I'll tell you this. San Diego State's not the biggest draw in San Diego. SMU's not the biggest draw in DFW. I mean, I don't know what goes on at UNLV. And then Colorado State is just – there's a dwarf in what kind of reach Colorado has in that area. Th- those four teams aren't going to do it for you. They just can't. You know what all four of those teams have in common? They all played in Conference USA at one point. They were all Mountain, or three of them were Mountain West schools, and SMU was just marked as an easy win when TCU was going through that five-year stretch from 2005 to 2010. And when you think about those schools, those aren't schools that can even contend in a Power 5 league. Those are all schools that operate about two echelons beneath where the new Big 12 will be with where they recruit with where their facilities are, and with where they plan to be in hiring coaches and developing pro-level talent. So if that's where the Pac-12 is going, you might as well just give Oregon and Washington a playoff bid every single year because mm-hmm. those two schools are on a different level. Yeah, it's 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 to the point where, not to be redundant, but it's like how can you take it seriously? Like if you're any other school, any other 
conference, you're like, especially the SEC, it's like, okay, I have to go through a gauntlet of Alabama, Georgia, LSU, A&M, Florida, yada, 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 just to get to a bowl game. And all Oregon needs to do to get to the playoff is beat Cal, Stanford, and San Diego State. Like, this is this is becoming a larger issue. And frankly, if you're a member institution of the Pac-12 right now that has any sort of remaining respect in the college football scene, it, it's time. You got to make a decision soon because this is this all will be settled within the next two weeks. I I, I firmly believe that we're not going to go into the season not knowing the future of the Pac-12 conference. You you just can't. You can't afford to have that time on your hands. Yeah, and one interesting note about Colorado specifically. So we're recording this on Wednesday. Thursday is when this big meeting is being held on Colorado's campus. They're actually hosting a five-star recruit on campus tomorrow. And do you think that they're going to be pitching that kid that he's going to get the opportunity to play in the third best league or playing in the Pac-12? No, I can guarantee you they're going to be pitching him the idea of the new Big 12. And here's my interesting point. And I had to preface a lot of this. If you are an independent fan, you don't watch college sports. You go into this and you get laid out everything that each conference is known for, how they operate, all this other stuff. And you specifically look at each conference's plan for the future. Brett Yormark has that laid out better than any conference. The SEC doesn't really need to have a plan laid out because they're the SEC. They can do what they want, when they want, however they want. The Big Ten is the Big Ten. The ACC is just like they're, they're having a lot of stuff to figure out. The Big 12 has changed itself so fast and made it such an attractive spot for the future I, we talked about this before. Brett Yormark is trying to take Big 12 basketball rights to market. Whoever loses out on the NBA, he's going to try to get, go to them. Like, we can offer you the second best basketball league in the world. This is a transformative man. He wants to go to Mexico and play college sporting events outside the United States and tap into other markets that love the sports that we play and bring it to a collegiate level. If you're a member institution like Oregon or Washington, you look at the Big 12 and be like, that's not a bad place to be for five or six years. If we get the Big Ten call, we get it. But if not, you're still in a good spot. And then that next deal comes through, you can add on top of that maybe. So selfishly, as a Big 12 homer, no other league has a more clear picture for their future and a bright one, especially if you sit down and just talk or listen to Brett Yormark, you can know you at least trust this guy to keep you somewhat relevant. Relevance is a key word there. It's relevance and stability for me. It's those two phrases used to describe the Big 12. You know year after year that the Big 12 is going to be playing these marquee games. We're always going to be able to have nationally televised games, and we're always going to have a solid amount of teams that are in the national conversation. More than that point, one thing that the Pac-12 brings us that we haven't – I guess we've mentioned, but I don't know if we've hit on enough. The Big 12, with the new additions of these schools, would own – the late night time slots mm-hmm. with USC and UCLA already going to the big 10 and ESPN losing those broadcasts. The big 12 is now going to be the league that has the late night broadcast in both basketball and football. So get ready for there to be a nine 30 central tip off or opening kick for one of these games. That's going to be a really fun thing to see and frankly, bring a lot of exposure to the program. 
exactly for so long and we'll see it this year alan we've said before we're gonna be really monitoring uh the time slot matchups now that espn doesn't have uh the big 10 anymore you know when you battle with these time slots the standalone games are so key especially in the in the streaming and the consumer market that the value of say a tcu versus arizona basketball game tipping off at 9 p.m in fort worth or tcu has to go to provo and they the kickoff is 9 30 central first of all if you're a college kid that's your dream is that your team's game is that late because you get all day to think about it pregame whatever and then it's also you're the only everything else has happened all the spotlights on you so if, if it's a good game everyone is tuning in so like you said this is such a valuable thing and this is what brett yormark wanted he said he wants all four time zones and he has three he just needs one more who will be that last domino yeah that's a million dollar question right now for the million dollar man brett yormark but you know seems like we made a pretty good hire with that big 12 commissioner to say the least oh for sure brett yormark i mean he he's jay-z's guy if if hova can trust you we can trust you that that's for sure. But, um, you know, another report actually just came out. This is actually a little bit, uh, this from 16 minutes ago, hearing that Colorado has the votes to become the newest member of the big 12 unanimous basketball only additions have been put on the back burner. So I assume that would be a Gonzaga or potentially UConn as all sports expansions has taken the top priority for the league. That's a whole other conversation. Um, in terms of this singular sports, because Colorado doesn't play baseball, neither does Iowa State, but baseball is as a whole a non-revenue generating sport. Big 12, SEC, and some ACC schools do generate revenue off of baseball. So that's going to be interesting too, uh, because while the league as of right now will have 13 members next year, we assume there'll be at least 14. There could be a time where the Big 12 has 18 members, but only 16 for football. That's another hypothetical to think about. Yeah, I mean, the basketball element of things is just going to be pretty remarkable. We know, again, we've been talking about him all episode. Brett Yormark's a basketball guy. That's sort of the his favorite sport. He used to work for the Brooklyn Nets in his executive role. So I think basketball is definitely going to be a priority here, especially with Arizona coming into the play. I saw a report saying that Arizona is this mystery team that might be joining the league as soon as tomorrow or Friday. So it's going to be really exciting to see whatever ends up happening. And, and the whole thing here is that, for me, personally, for me, and I, I, I believe you share the sentiment for you, Alan, we wish college sports stay where it was when it came to regionality. You know, I don't like seeing USC and UCLA in the Big Ten. It's not a fit. That's USC, Southern California kids don't grow up caring about what Ohio State and Michigan are doing. They care about what happens on their neck of the woods. But that's all changing now. College football is becoming a national sport in terms of just the audience and it's going to take away from some things, but for certain schools, it'll be for the better. And for a school like TCU, who was a regional university 20 years ago is now getting the opportunity to be in a conference. that's going to have a national presence for the coming future. I'm here for it. You know, it's not the ideal world to live in, but you got to adjust. And I think that as long as TCU's not in the spot we were 30 years ago in the WAC, I'll be happy. I mean, that, that's sort of how everything go, seems like it's going right now with TCU Athletics. It's just taking one step forward at a time. You know, sometimes we're able to leap and skip over a couple steps, but as long as we're moving upward, that's the goal. 
Yep. Oh, all right, Alan. Well, um, we were supposed to have the you know 2022-2023 recap, but that got pushed to the side. So we'll try to get that to you guys um, sometime near future. We have multiple people we're trying to get on the pod here soon before kickoff starts. We still fall camp starts for the frogs next week. So the pod's about to get about to get intense. Get back into your mojo, ladies and gentlemen. We're ready to keep it going. Uh, as football season starts, it's going to be a good year for the Frogs. We'll talk about it in the recap. Anything else for you, Alan? Uh, nothing else for me. I'm about to start reading this article. Uh, a timeline of the Pac-12's collapse uh, by Sports Illustrated. Uh, that sounds like a fun read. I might be retweeting it if it's good, so stay tuned. We might put that on the link in our Instagram page if it's good enough. So who loves a good timeline of a collapse? Even Rome it, fell. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's pretty cool. Even Rome fell. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, that That's going to do it for this episode. Make sure to follow us on social media, Frog Pod Podcast on Instagram. Al and I both are on Twitter. He's going to retweet that timeline for you guys after. Uh, thank you for everyone that's involved in the production of the show. Thank you guys for listening. Don't forget. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast, share with all your friends, uh, and thank you all just for listening uh, each and every single episode. Always remember to make every day your best day, and go Frogs.